0: Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. this is part B and you think that some of the degreed preachers out there who spent oh so much money that could have been spent on taking care of their families and so much time that could have been dedicated to the release of the Spirit that it's almost embarrassing to us today I can't even number for you how many first responses I get after contacting a contact in any country, the first thing on the top of the list, when I put it at the bottom of the six questions I send them, they put it on the top of the list, and that is what level of education they have, and how they're using that education in their present ministry. I give it no thought. It means nothing. What really means something is if they've been with Jesus. Then if they add a little education onto that, great. But see, that is the primary focus because it's the world's focus we have put on universal education. And it moved its way over into Christian education. When now with Christian education, you can't find Christian anywhere in it. There are Christian schools out there that on their football games are playing Metallica. I hate God songs. Demonic music shouting its way through the, the community from these Christian students. And the faculty are doing nothing. That Christian education is nothing unless it's transforming lives. Then it's not Christian education, it's Christian transformation. There's nothing wrong with institutions training preachers and teachers and missionaries how to give away the truth that sets people free. So what we have in front of us here is Paul revealing a kind of wisdom that is nowhere on this earth. Nowhere. You can't get this in an institution. Even if you try to convince me that your institution is a true Christ-centered institution, you're not going to get this. This cannot be given away in human wisdom it has to be done inside, through the Spirit, to your mind. That's how your mind becomes overwhelmed with the mind of Christ. For do you not know that you have the mind of Christ within you? In other words, you don't need to use your own mind to do the transforming ministry. But it's designed in such a way to work very well. Well. With the human mind. If that went over your head, give me a text at 602 292 2982. So it takes an experienced indwelt Christian if they're going to encounter a betrayer. If you are not an experiential, releasing the spirit within you type of Christian, I would not go to these meetings and try to reconcile with this person. Because the enemy loves listening to what proceeds out of the mouth of man. The enemy does minimally what God does. God said what proceeds out of the mouth of man is recorded in the book of life. Any fleshly indulgence in conversation that you slip into is going to be recorded in the book of life. Do you think not that the enemy does not himself make note of what comes out of your mouth in this meeting? That's why he can bring attack. That's why he can reduce the conversation down to flesh on flesh. James chapter 4. What is the source of quarrels and conflict among you? Quarreling. Once quarreling begins to occur in this meeting, the meeting is over. You might as well just get up and walk away right in the middle of the conversation because the meeting is over. Christ will not inhabit quarreling. He only inhabits the spirit conversation through two indwell believers. Remembering, if you don't have the evidence that this person that you're going to talk to is an indwell believer, you might want to just go to the coffee shop instead. You'll get more out of it. This kind of maturity is what grants us The privilege of unveiling the secret things of God, the mysteries of the gospel. You see, if you're in a meeting with a person who is used to releasing the spirit in them, the person on the other side of the conversation realizes one thing very quickly. This person is not interested in what I have to say. They're only interested in touting the gospel. And to that I say, well done, human thinker. Because that's all you're going to get out of me. Now, unless I slip into my fleshly quarreling, and I might as well get up and walk away, because I'm falling into a trap. Because Satan himself records what comes out of your mouth and holds you accountable to him. He's very good at that. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? That he will instruct him. But then he closes with this. But we have the mind of Christ. When you get the great insult that's associated with the mind of Christ in you, you've just gotten your greatest compliment. When you hear someone say, you're just immovable, you are not going to move away from what you're saying and what you believe, are you? That would be no. You see, they will shut you off because they realize they're hitting this spiritual wall of protection between you and them. Let's talk about this hidden wisdom. It says, yet we do not speak of a wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. Who are passing away, by the way. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom. That hidden is inside you. A hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it. They would not have crucified our Lord. Of glory. I would love to know. But I also know it's impossible. But I would love to know. A couple people that you have encountered in your Christian life, whatever that means. A couple people that you have encountered that you knew that this person is not functioning out of the wisdom or any kind of wisdom you have ever heard walk in the face of the earth. So I have a a handful of men of God and a couple ladies. When they speak, I listen very carefully because I know this is going to happen. And then there's many, 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 many others as they begin to rattle off the scriptures that are completely detached from the mind of Christ. They're using this, these scriptures, like the Jesus who is this fancy leather case that they stuff truths into. It's all external and they can't support it by life. So it's annoying to people when you're encountering those type, the suitcase carriers, and Christ isn't in it. Christ does not possess suitcases. Your Bible, or your Bible holders, or your devotionals, or your libraries. I had a gentleman that, in a dialogue this past week, told me he has 3,000 books in his library, and he has invited me to come spend the day in his library with him which I'm going to go to get to know him we had dialogue for at least six, seven hours about my history and his history and some of the very first preachers in this nation who are our grandfathers he's a very fascinating man but you know what? I'm not interested in that, even though I can talk that stuff. It is him. It's his heart. It's his life that God is really interested in. Here's our three types of people. There's the spiritual man, one whose life is accustomed to releasing the Spirit from the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Secondly, the indwelt Christian who blocks the mysteries of God, the hidden mysteries of God, from within. That's most of the people I'm preaching to. They know Christ, they know Him crucified, they may have actually asked Him to come indwelt their, their bodies, but they block the movement of the Holy Spirit in them every day, all day long, because of their fears. It's the only thing that blocks the spirit of the living God. The only thing is fear. Because Satan knows fear involves punishment. And when you punish yourself, you do the downer thing. Well, I'll never get it right. I'll never be able to be one of those kind of Christians. You start the standardizing and behind every standard there's a failure. But see, if the Holy Spirit within me is doing the performing, I'd like to see you come against the Holy Spirit in me. Or you. It's blasphemy. And it goes on every day through betrayal. Anytime the Holy Spirit is correcting you through another person, and you're fighting back against it, you are tampering with blasphemy. 602-292-2982. Six zero two two nine two two nine eight two. 2982 Fear is the tool Satan uses to stop indwelt believers from being powerful in meetings, in preachings, in mission work. And of course the third is a natural man, totally unsaved, you can get about as much out of him as that doorknob back there. If you turn them right, you'll, you'll be able to get out of the building. So, unsaved people, you gotta use them and manipulate them and do whatever it is you gotta to do to get the performance out of them because if you're wanting Christ out of them, or some of you spouses are expecting your husbands to act like true indwelt Christians when they're doormats. They're going to hell in a handbag. So you're expecting this doorknob to be an adult believer like you are. Have fun with that. A Matthew 18 meeting requires the first, a spiritual man being willing to release the Holy Spirit within them. Motivation on both parties. Intense, very important here. If the motivation is pure and focused on the unification of restoring a believer back unto Christ, you're good to go. If that's your goal. If the intention is to remove the gossip, gossiper, or the one of betrayal, stop now. Those who know Christ intimately should not. Be content with the mere intellectual rudiments of the gospel. Throwing verses around that you memorized. Or maybe you wrote them down ahead of time before you went into the meeting. If you've got to write verses down before you can go into a meeting, you're going to depend on what you wrote down and not what is within you. The worst kind of preaching you can do is have notes on the podium. You do all of your notes ahead of time. You do all your studying ahead of time. You just wash yourself with the word ahead of time. And as I said to someone recently, you need to get it down to a stick-on. You need to be able to open your Bible and have one of these these little stickums with your bullet points on it. It's not that you did not study to show thyself approved to handle accurately the word of truth. It is you have become dependent on what's in front of you, and it will block the Holy Spirit from releasing what he put into your mind during your studies. That is a 602. It is a very different way of preaching. There are some who don't even study the Word of God before they preach. They just get up and preach. And there's not a thing wrong with it. So many times I ask students to simply ask the Lord for a passage. Read that passage over and over. Pray over that passage. Get your stick out and write a few bullet points down and get up and preach. Because he can't depend on those five little bullet points. Where's the rest coming from? Good question. I know where it comes from. I can preach for hours on a bullet point, as you guys know. But that's how it works. And if we function that way, when we go into meetings, the Lord can depend upon our mind, our will, and our emotions. Most people go half-cocked, going in with strong emotions, which affects their, their, their thinking process, and the spirit gets stuffed in the closet. And they walk out going, that meeting didn't go very well. They could set me on fire. Fire. And I'm going to walk out of that meeting and say, that meeting went well, didn't it, Lord? Because they tried to set me on fire. Rejection is the evidence that demands the verdict that you release the spirit within you who is the fire, who burns away deception. but not in the Western world, I'm afraid. Here's our fact. What is bound on earth is bound in heaven. This is right out of Matthew 18, 18 through 20. But I truly say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And if you're judging someone, you're binding them, you're putting chains on them. But if you go into the meeting and you're loosening things up through the Spirit, that's what's happening in heaven. If you do not understand the logic from heaven about what proceeds out of the mouth of man is what is recorded in the book of life, you do not understand the basic principle of this. Whatever comes out of your mouth gains the attention of heaven. Loose lips it gains the attention of heaven. You're obligating. You're writing contracts with your words. Either that or somebody here is lying to us. And these are Jesus' words and I'm not about to say that. He goes on to say again, I say to you that of two Of you agree on earth about anything that you may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. That seems to be putting a different kind of twist in regard to activating heaven. And if you're thinking you don't need to activate heaven, then why in God's name are you praying? Heaven is activated by his son's bride. Every one of them are valuable, even your selfish ones. They're valuable. They're saved. And it does activate heaven in some fashion or another. What I am about to reveal to you is one of those great mysteries. Keep in mind that we are still in the passage of confronting a brother. Also keep in mind that there are more than two in this meeting Here's who we have in the meeting, folks. We have the offender. We have the confronter. We have the personally assigned angels to each. Now we're assuming they're both in dwells. Everyone's got an angel if you're in dwelt. So you got each personal assigned angel. Acts 27:23. You have the spirit living within each that are in the meeting. And then you literally have the presence of Christ himself because where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be in your midst. There's a certain external presence that comes to the meeting. In other words, there's a lot of people in this meeting or beings, I should say. It's a crowd of witnesses. If the confronter Binds, Dio, puts another in bonds of chains. That is what is bound in heaven. If the confronter loosens, Luo, cuts off the chains, the bonds will be loosed in heaven. I personally believe when you release someone on earth, you're opening the door for salvation Or for their restoration back to Jesus Christ. I believe that's what this means. I have no proof of that because I'm not sitting literally at the throne of God watching him bind some and release others. It's not my business. But something happens when you're judging a brother, not an unbeliever. A brother. Something happens when you release a brother to Christ in the gentleness of the gospel. Something happens. These words from Jesus are not suggestive in nature, they are present tense active, which means it's a mandate, it's an order. Jesus goes on to tell us that the, an agreement between the offender and confronter is an eternal binding in heaven that activates an action of the Father. That of, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. This requires the contracting agent of Jesus being present in the meeting where two or three are gathered in my name. I am in their midst. Binding and releasing on earth is a serious act that can affect eternal ramifications. Here's our identity matter statement for today. The seriousness of this passage that we walk through tonight honestly is overlooked by most believers. If it's not comfortable, don't do it. If it's not comfortable, avoid them. If it's not comfortable, go for coffee instead. If it's not comfortable, act like nothing's going on. If it's not comfortable, you see, that is our generation. Do what's comfortable. And if what you are saying to me makes me uncomfortable, guess who needs to shut up? The truth-sayer. Not this boy. Or anyone that I challenge in my tiny, tiny, tiny little pocket of God's podcast world. We're nothing compared to what the Spirit of God is doing worldwide in the hearts of true and believers We have a tiny piece of God's vineyard, but in that tiny piece, God says, Be bold and speak it and expect rejection as well as victory. And all of the work that's got to go in and around what I just told you is none of my business It's the business of the Holy Spirit who searches all things, even the depths of God, who does the work with my new Russian friend. As I'm preaching tonight, that man is being ministered to by a simple little email. Or not, it's none of my business. What is my business is laying the foundation for the Holy Spirit to come in and do what the Holy Spirit does well, and that is listens 100% to Jesus and fulfills 100% of Jesus' requests in your mortal body. The Spirit of the living God is the only being you can trust who will never betray you or kiss you with the kiss of death. Never. You do not understand probably, but Hebrew law reveals to us, Hebrew customs reveal to us, it is the kiss of Jesus Christ that is coming. You know that wedding feast we're going to have in heaven? There shall be a kiss from our husband. And that kiss is known as the great seal that seals us in eternity and then he will take us after that feast to the new earth and give us the greatest reward ever. And what Judas did with his kiss sealed his own condemnation. You betrayals better repent now. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.